0: 2 of the Attitude Era podcast. This week we are going to tackle Unforgiven 1998, which is the first pay per view after the start of WrestleMania 14. Uh, hello everyone, I'm Kevin Mahan, uh, joined alongside this week, as always, by uh, Billy Keeble. Hello Billy. Hello. How are you? I'm not bad, how are you? Yeah, good. Adam, are you looking forward to Unforgiven 1998? I was looking forward to it, yes, and we watched it, and now we're <laughs> going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, uh, I suppose to, uh, to start things off, a lot has happened in the last month in, uh, in in WWF after WrestleMania. Steve Austin has basically become the man in the company. He's the champion. He's running things more or less. Shawn Michaels is gone, uh, no longer on the on the TV show or a member of the roster for that instance. He's uh, he's gone home to nurse his injuries. Triple H has reformed DX, but this time it's got X-Pac who's returned, and also the New Age Outlaws, and of course, most importantly. Mr. Vince McMahon is now on screen full-time as a proper villain character and has begun his feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. And to that effect, Mick Foley has turned his back on the fans as Cactus Jack and has now become the villainous dude-love, a corporate zombie, so to speak. So guys, let's get ready for Unforgiven 1998. Brother,
1: nemesis, traveler, each on a downward spiral towards damnation. Like a souls, a different sin has dragged them to the bottom. One man walks with blood-red fury coursing through his veins, the other with ice-blue vengeance burning in his soul. For here, one must leave behind all hesitation. Here, every cowardice must meet its death. Like the mythical figures of Dante's Inferno, all who cross the threshold into the eight circles of hell will be shown no mercy. Within those fires, there are souls, each one swath in that which scorches him. The Inferno knows no pity. The Inferno knows no remorse. Within the flames, they will suffer. They who went as one to rage now share one punishment. True to Dante's epic saga, these warriors who pass through the burning gates of Hades will never return the same. There is no exit from the flame. You are simply transformed into the language of the fire. And now, 10 3 2, one presents WWF Unforgiven in your house, where the Undertaker will battle Kane in the first ever Inferno match and where tonight the owner of the World Wrestling Federation has promised an event of catastrophic proportions will occur sometime during Unforgiven
2: Good God Jesus Christ Christ. Um, This promo What
0: is wrong with that? Uh, The intensity has been taken up a few notches here It has Uh, It's Unforgiven 1998 coming to you from Greensboro, North Carolina traditionally WCW territory Uh, Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler on commentary. Classy Freddy Blassie there. uh, Reading biblical passages of some sort. Um, Um,
2: I don't know.
3: I I don't know. I just know I was terrified.
2: I was already excited for this match. I didn't really need that promo to uh, do it for me. It was very long.
0: Uh, There's something about the perfect storm of the guys making those probos at the time. Kane and The Undertaker. And also uh, Paul Bearer that just makes these probos always obscenely amazing. I'm like... We're, I think all of us can agree, at the start of this, we were way more excited for this pay-per-view than we had any right to be. <laughs>
2: oh, no. True, but at the same time, more than anything else, I was just pissing myself for that promo, because it was too over the top, I think. It, Do you think they it's set not, too far? Yeah, yeah, it's way yeah, too it, far. It, it's it too blown jumped up. jumped
0: into comical far too quickly. Yeah. So just so we're clear, the, the previous month, when we're looking at men being set on fire and casting out uh, lightning bolts... That was fine, but now we've gone too far. Uh, this one was just it Cross, went cross on the line, ages. mate. Cross the line. Yeah. I think the only thing which they were missing was maybe Freddie Blassie playing the organ or something like that. Having <laughs> a hooded cloak over him. Um, They really got their money's worth out of Freddie Blassie because he's basically, anytime they need anything remotely mysterious, just go, here, old Freddie Blassie, go up and start talking. He's got the voice. Talk about destiny for a bit, will you? Um, We got very sexy-ass music for this. Uh, In stark contrast to the uh, WrestleMania theme we had last month's pay-per-view, we got this uh, sassy cowboy music.
2: Again, you go straight out of that really intense promo about the Inferno match straight into doo, 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 doo,
0: doo, yeah. Doesn't um doesn't fit. <laughs> it doesn't. Not I was expecting at all. so.
3: I was expecting organ music, something of more orchestral for ominous. This, they're trying to build up the Inferno match. Yeah. You think they they play something you know, sort of hellfire and something stuff that reminds you of that. Do 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 do.
0: Obviously, the right hand don't know what the left handers do. Johnson's going to be doing something different to the guys in the department. Mm. Anyway, the night kicks off with uh, the dream team of Ken Shamrock, Farouk, who has left the NOD, and Steve Blackman, who's uh, making his first appearance here on our podcast, against the uh, Nation, of Nation of Domination. Nation of Domination! Kind of an odd opener here. We've got uh, Shamrock, Farouk, and Blackman doing the uh, Nation of Domination kind of Black Panther salute in the middle of the yeah, ring. Yeah. At the start. What? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Um. The NODT has got The Rock, who's now the leader, and you've got uh, D'Lo Brown shaking his head quite a lot. His
2: head was set to vibrate for this entire match. Yeah. Did you see that thing? I thought it was going to come off.
0: Did you have
3: probably hadn't seen D'Lo Brown wrestle before, had You Billy? Or... Um. No, I've not seen D'Lo Brown wrestle before. I've seen him in like little segments and him talking about the business and stuff. I don't think I've actually. This is my first match with D'Lo Brown. As this I've is your
2: first seen. like actual like appearance of D'Lo Brown for what you've seen. What do you actually think to his head? <laughs> did, it, did it not concern you a little bit or anything? It
3: just reminded me of the, uh, the Churchill dog
0: because <laughs> for me in anime, it's just like oh yeah this is D-lo Bryant. that's, Brown. that's what he what, does like in, yeah. in No Mercy in WrestleMania 2000 in N64 it was the default walk you could have for your character it was the D.L. Brand. you just shake your head like yeah. just it's, it's given for us but just listening to some slayer yeah and of course we've got uh, Kamen Mustafa who's now being referred to as the Godfather coming out with his uh, cigar and his hat with a feather in it and his crazy ass glasses this is the kind of first appearance really for us on this podcast of mm. the Godfather um, then who we had Mark we, Henry as well and Mark Henry was Mark Henry uh, wasn't actually... Uh, no, it was uh, Godfather that was at ringside. Oh, Godfather was at ringside. Mark Sorry. Henry's in the match. Mark in the match. Yeah. Uh, Steve Blackman is one of my all-time favourites. He's in this match, mainly because of those, those- amazing karate pants they have. They, yeah. look, so, uh, they look so comfortable.
2: I was going to ask, actually. Obviously, Shamrock's got beef with the rock with the whole Intercontinental belt thing. Yes. Farouk has beef with the nation as a whole. Why is um, Blackman
3: there? They just needed another angry man. <laughs> is that what it was? team angry man. Um,
0: yeah, Blackman, since debuting, the, he's debuted at the Survivor Series the year before, and he kind of just had been this kind of generic do-gooder. He had feuded with the nation, but the same could be said for any kind of mid-card good guy at the time. And he had been kind of somewhat aligned with Shamrock because of the... Uh, because you know, of the karate and similarities, stuff like that. Yeah. But it's not as if like, you know, there was a specific beef going in. Black- Blackman is just kind of is another body here, so to speak. He hasn't really got like uh, a defined role at this point. I love Blackman though. Uh, even at this early stage, he's so quick, his kicks look awesome, he's mm. really different to yeah. everyone else. Yeah. You know, it's something to have a karate gimmick but it's another thing to actually, you know. He's like yeah, a Street, street Fighter character. character. Yeah. What's that Street Fighter character? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve yeah.
2: Blackman's like he just walked out of Street Fighter with the kind of moves he does.
0: Um, really cool. Of course, Ken Shamrock gets referred uh, frequently at the start uh, by, by Jim Ross as the King of the Octagon, which is a very blatant UFC reference. Yeah, you wouldn't really be seeing that uh, these days in WWF or sorry WWE. Not like straightforward acknowledging
2: it. No, because uh, I, I, yeah. I think at
0: the time. It was odd because I think they were actually almost trying to capitalize on UFC's kind of popularity as this kind of underground anything. I'm goes. sure they actually
2: mentioned UFC. Oh, they did. A no, they, of times they, as well, they referred yeah.
0: to Shamrock as a, a UFC champion and, a, yeah. a, and yeah. the Octagon several times. Uh, actually, interesting. Dan Severn was coming in at the time as well. Dan the Beef Severn, who's a UFC Hall of Famer. Mm. So you know, if you were like, I mean, I remember like being. Fascinated by UFC at the time and thinking that it was really cool, but never being able to watch it because it was so relentlessly boring at the, yeah. at the time. They hadn't really refined it into the kind of the more interesting sport it, the is, now. it is now. But it had this kind of mystique about it, made the guys seem legitimate, so to speak. Uh, straight away in this match, the first thing I noticed uh, is the crowd is a little bit off. Yeah, yeah, they're not
2: quite interested enough. They're just for an opening match of a view, You think the crowd have a bit pop on them, but uh...
3: yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that. I think this this match would have been a lot better if it wasn't first. Yeah, and mm. I think
0: it's kind of strange as well that you go with like Mark Henry and D'Lo and Blackman to do the bulk of the work in this, where clearly the crowd really want to see either Shamrock or Farouk get their hands on the rock, and yeah. uh, they barely get in this match. Uh, we got a very awkward botch at the start as well, but uh, the first cool moment I think really comes when uh, D'Lo and Farouk are in the ring and they do the whole kind of yeah. respect spot. Uh Where Farooq whips Dilo like a, a government mule, so to speak. The match is long. It's also quite dull. Uh, The crowd are bored, but I don't think they've got any interest, any reason to be anything other than it's not hot. There's a couple
2: of good moments. D'Lo Brown doing a moonsault is pretty cool because he was quite tubby there, so seeing him do a decent moonsault like that was quite good. I
0: I wasn't expecting (laughs) him to do something like that. Yeah, no, D'Lo Brown always like he he was at one point nearly four hundred pounds. I think he was a proper fat fuck. (laughs) He got big. Yeah, and he was uh, slimming down here, and he was uh, wrestling uh, a lot more. I mean, the big moonsault spot. brings into Farouk coming in and making possibly one of the weirdest comebacks uh, ever. He's just kind of slightly clunky, everything's yeah. off a little bit. It's not like, boom, next guy, boom. It's just kind of people being gently placed down and stuff. <laughs> yeah, put um, to bed. And of course we don't get to see uh Shamrock really kind of get his hands on the rock, which you think after what happened to WrestleMania fourteen. Yeah, we yeah. can't see that. would be chomping at the bit like, you know. Uh but we get the rock basically coming in, he gets the dominator, one, two, three. Uh it's interesting to see someone finally take the dominator. It's uh, a scary looking move. Very yeah. scary move. Yeah. That's its finisher. What did you think of that Billy? Um
3: I, I don't think I've ever quite seen anything
0: quite like it. It's, um... You've probably seen, Fur- I, I think we like have to you, Adam, recently, that the Dominator is the move which you probably has been gone for the most and hit the least. No one wants to take it kind of thing. No. Like. It's up there with Kane's tombstone pile driver. It. It's like <laughs> if he's going for it, you know he's about to lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, The Rock takes it like a champ. Um, yeah, it picks up in the end. It's cool to see Farouk get his, his big win and his big revenge on The Rock. This is as high as Farouk kind of went on the card, and I think they really made a mistake not having Shamrock uh, kind of get this moment here or yeah, kind of continue yeah. that story, so to speak. Because the Shamrock Rock feud was far from done. I mean, if you look at just back at the last Wrestle- at WrestleMania, uh, Shamrock was killing referees to get his hands on the rock. And then here he is standing on the apron, kind of going, "Well, you know, Steve Blackman's in there with Mark Henry. That's fine, I suppose. <laughs> it's just weird. It's not." I wait till I get tagged in. Yeah, it, it exactly. is
2: disappointing because yeah, the Rock and Shamrock situation was really intense as it was, and I love the story of um, Farouk leaving the nation because when a stable fall, falls apart, it's not typically the leader that goes first. Like you think of Evolution, first, yeah. But Farouk, the actual leader, getting kicked out of Nation—that was a, a different story altogether. And yeah. I was just disappointed they didn't really do more. Well, yeah,
0: this was this was a very long storyline. I mean, they had had the whole tension in the Nation thing was going for for months and months before WrestleMania. And this was basically Yeah this was the payoff A six man tag We never got like Rock versus Farouk In a yeah. cage You know no big That uh, would have been good That would
2: have been amazing Yeah
0: Yeah but uh, I suppose They were almost confused As to what they actually Wanted to do here Needless to say Not the opener You think you deserve And it continues the trend From last uh, pay per view We looked at Wrestlemania of not providing that fast opener that you think yeah. is yeah. a standard on all pay-per-views. I mean,
3: of my notes, the main thing that I wrote down regarding this match was something that Jerry Lawler said. Which, <laughs> oh, is, which is regarding the uh, the big uh, event that was going to happen within, the, uh, within you know, the pay-per-view that they kept referring to. He uh, at one point said, I'm going to make a bold royal prediction which I just, I just loved. I thought that was incredibly <laughs> funny to say. Not only is it a bold prediction, it's a royal prediction, which as we all know is as powerful <laughs> as a child's Christmas wish.
0: Uh, I love that uh, Jerry Lawler usually just refers to the fact that he's a king maybe once a month. Yeah. Kind of by yeah, the way. Yeah, he it, it just throws it into a sentence, is I it? am royalty. Oh me. yeah, he's qualifying the reason he's wearing a crown. Uh, yeah, I think you'll notice as this night goes on, uh, Jerry Lawler has a lot more Jerry goddamn Lawler quotes when he's slightly more bored and yep. the crowd is a bit dead. So there'll be a few of these coming up later on tonight. Uh, next up, Stone Cold Steve Austin's music hits, which is kind of odd, but he comes out uh, dressed in civvies to uh, cut a promo um, on The Timekeeper. A uh, bit of an awkward segment, I thought. This yeah. segment
2: confused me greatly. It was real awkward. Stone Cold wasn't at his best on the mic, and he was just bullying this dorky yeah. little man who like, was just doing Mark his job. Something,
0: I forget, Mark Yeager. I forget his actual name, The Timekeeper, mm. but he's been with them for donkey's years. The main idea behind this, and I don't think they explained it very well, was that Vince McMahon, you know, being full on Villa now, was saying that he he was going to screw Steve Austin. He was going to be at ringside, shades of the Montreal screw yeah, job. Yeah. And the idea was, was that Austin was like, you know, if you ring the bell like you did in Montreal, you know, I'm going to... I forget his actual uh, quote, but I think he said something He's going to put him in an ambulance or something awkward. So you don't yeah. want to see a small man in a moustache. Yeah, he, <laughs> is he is bullying. A- Stone Cold
3: is very intimidating, though, in this I movie. love that, though. I because mean... there's, I, I don't know if it it, would have been as intimidating if he was saying it to someone who was a lot bigger than him, but the fact that there's this scrawny little guy and he's just, you know, trembling in his boots, he's very intimidating. <laughs>
2: The one thing I do love about this promo is the first time in the podcast that the uh, the new WWF Championship has appeared. Yes, a oh been good unveiled. God, I love that belt so much. Belt. Yeah, as much Amazing. as I love that, uh,
0: the, the, the belt with the wings that Austin picked up at WrestleMania 14, he did actually receive the new belt in a special ceremony with Vince. Uh, the Big Eagle belt, as it became known, it will be yeah. the belt for most of the 90s and some of the 2000s love as well. Love that belt. Awesome, awesome, awesome championship. Um, I, mean, I suppose the one thing I liked about this was that it kind of hit home the fact that Steve Austin was not a typical, you know, good guy. You know, There's very few top good guys who come out and be abusive to the timekeeper. Austin yeah, he's was. The he's, he's the anti-hero. Exactly, and I suppose that, if anything, just kind of proved that point even if it yeah. for a slightly awkward... Well, I think anti-hero. that's what a lot of
3: people liked about him. He, he was a good guy, but he was still... No, he still had the attitude. Exactly, the, the attitude era,
0: mate. Yeah. Hey, that's the podcast. Hey, hey, yeah. Tune in. That's the name <laughs> of the show. Um, we cut to a recap of the own heart Triple H encounter from WrestleMania 14, which is uh, what we all, I think, thoroughly enjoyed. Yep. I think yeah, match. Yeah, it was great. Uh, again, another recap of China with the powder everywhere. Um, the stipulation of this match. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love this. <laughs> uh, I, the stipulations of this match can be summed up in one quote uh, I'm own heart and I'm in a rage I want China and I want her in a cage uh, <laughs> I've got the brains and I'm not
1: humble I'll take the belt back and do the Wrestle Rock Rumble
0: It's so strange China it's is insane. suspended above the ring in a <laughs> cage uh, 20 she, feet in the air 20 feet in the air yeah. Or in Jim Ross terms that's probably around 50 or 60 <laughs> feet Yeah. Uh, I think pro- he actually at some point he does say 60 feet <laughs> <laughs> Good God I, I think he actually does uh, She's suspended above the ring by Sardislaw her in his latest attempts to stop her interfering. For the love of God, just bar her from ringside. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly the exactly. same thing that Keep I said her yesterday. Back. No, I'm gonna put her Down in a cage yesterday. dangling last, last, over uh, the last ring. Week. The, it's, it's like in Lord of the Rings, the closer they are to danger, the further they are from I harm. I don't us. understand it. Yes. Is Commissioner Slaughter an ent? Uh, many questions going in. <laughs> what I Snarch. love about
3: that, though, is when he's actually putting her in the cage, Sergeant Slaughter looks so like happy that he's doing... Oh, he's yeah, like, he's but loving he, it. He's loving the fact that he's got to put her away in the cage. He's yeah. just
2: stood there going, this can't possibly backfire in any way, shape or form it, whatsoever. It, it took
0: him a legitimate hour to put her in the cage, I yeah. think. Yeah. So I think that maybe would... Uh, Solidified yeah. that idea that he was enjoying it. For some reason, no, they,
3: they also let Triple H in just to make sure he, uh, he could shake it, make sure it's uh... that the gimmick bars were. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, action cuts off straight away with uh, Owen Hart starting a big ass brawl with uh, Triple H on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, amazingly, we get this uh, uh, big old suplex on the outside. Like, yeah, right, right in uh, the concrete. Right in the concrete. It looks yeah. so painful. And Triple H won't be taking any of those bumps anytime soon. No, like. no, no, sir, like. Um, I can't help but notice throughout the entire opening bruahaha fu- uh, where china is in the cage at ringside will Robocop come down and <laughs> <laughs> oh, Owen heart adds insult to injury by doing uh, the suck it taunt. It's, I love that. It's, yeah, it's always so weird when not it's a weird DX person. when he does it. Yeah, yeah. He
2: just, it looks really off when he's doing yeah. it. His I,
3: heart's not quite in it. Yeah, no, it's not. I don't think he really wants you to suck it. I don't think actually. He, no. I believe that the I, DX do.
2: I disagree. I think DX is more of like, yeah, suck it. We have an attitude. I think Own Heart's like, yeah, suck it. Come on, do it. <laughs> like, My
0: dick and your mouth are getting married. <laughs> yeah, real creepy. <laughs> and the match finally starts when the two guys finally get into the ring and roll in, and then. All of a sudden, uh, the ra- the cage gets uh, raised, which was a surprise. For I us. didn't see that coming. I, I, I missed that part that on commentary, so they, literally it
2: just came out of nowhere. A-
0: they <laughs> had just said she was going to be in a cage. Yeah. yeah. But then the whole suspended. Next uh, thing, thing you
2: know, yeah, she's up in the air as well.
0: It's apparently uh, a big old timey thing. They used to do it in the NWA the territories back in the day. It was the way, like, if you had like the pest manager, like your Jim Cornette or your mm. Paul Heyman, put them in a cage and suspend them above the ring, and everyone can go, ah, oh, look at them. They're in a they in a cage. It's just... Fucking stupid. It's a remnant from the past. I don't think yeah. it is necessary here. But uh, we get frequent uh, David Blaine cuts to uh, China inside the cage. Oh, yeah, the, oh, yeah, the China cam. Have, they have China, cam,
3: China as cam. as As if they're expecting something to happen within the cage where she might get out.
2: Gee, something yeah. that was pessimistic, happen. don't you think? Yeah. Well, something
0: does happen. She looks constipated. That's what you, get. <laughs> yeah. you get lots <laughs> she of She looks like China. Them. So, you know, just...
2: JR sums it up best when um, the King's talking about how it's unfair for China to be kept back like this, and JR just says, China is right where she belongs. Yes, 20 feet in the air, inside a
0: steel cage. You know what they say, mate, Uh, a woman's place is in the cage, suspended above the (laughs) ring. You know, uh... It's, it, we get some nice quick exchanges with uh, Owen and Triple H. I mean, these guys obviously know each other well. and They obviously work very well. Although, overall, I think the pace is probably a bit slower than the uh, WrestleMania match. There's a really
2: long rest hold in the middle of the match. It's yeah. like
0: they almost know that you know that China's going to be doing stuff. They know the focus isn't on them. Because early on, China gets these like, pliers out or something like that. They don't know, I suppose, the timing. Uh, almost. That's the China thing. The timing doing.
2: is all off. Because when they're doing this, there's a massive big rest hold in the middle where they're both just on the mat. And it cuts to China, and she's just stood there watching. Like the timing's way off. She should have been doing something at yeah, the same time. There. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, we cut to The Rock and Farouk on the Superstar Line, uh, which oh is. Oh God, I forgot about that. Superstar Line, which is one pound per minute if you have the bill payer's permission. Yeah. Which is basically the nineteen nineties equivalent of Twitter. We should we should <laughs> give it a
2: ring at some point.
0: Uh, Triple H, oddly enough, locks in a dragon sleeper hold, which yeah, um, yeah. which I don't think I've ever seen him do before or Looked since. Look weird. Triple H, you're not Dan Severn. Um the crowd, it's evident, even though the action is pretty cool, are nowhere near as hot as the WrestleMania mm-hmm. encounter. so some of the blame could be placed on the kind of snooze fest of an opener, but I think as the night goes on we can't just agree that the crowd are just Yeah not just into it. North We're Carolina it's, it's WCW territory yeah. and you have to realise, even though it's nineteen ninety eight and WCW's product was kind of shitty, they still have very loyal fans. So yeah. the people here would with some I kind of get it, why come. Why come Why to the wrestling Why come if you're going to be miserable? I don't know. I mean, wrestling fans, by and large, as I've noted on Twitter, don't seem to like wrestling a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that could be explained. Uh, China then, in a feat of Herculean strength, bends the nougat bars of the steel cage. Yep. Um, owned as a pile driver on Triple H. Good God, that pile driver's good. Yeah, it is. After doing the pile driver to Steve Austin at the SummerSlam before, where he had the broken neck, would you not kind of go right, I'm not going to do the pile driver. I guess, again.
2: but it's, he does it very well. It he, looks, yeah.
0: he does. It's just that, I don't know. I mean, uh, the pile it is driver a is, dangerous move. It is a dangerous move. And it's not so much about how good that own does it, it's how much is the next guy takes it. So. Well, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's
2: entirely in Triple H's hands then if he yeah. want to do the pile, uh, pile driver spot or not.
0: I don't know. I just. I suppose that's kind of like if you're been labelled as the guy who broke the top guy's neck, that being Own Hart broke Steve Austin's neck. Mm. Do you not think almost as a gesture of goodwill, I'd be like, I'll cut out the. Uh, I guess he was just more break. trying to prove, like you know, I can still do a pile driver. That was just bad luck.
2: That wasn't my fault that time or whatever.
0: I don't know. It, it made for an awkward moment. I suppose just him casually saying, it "Wasn't my fault. It was Steve's." Yeah. Uh, we get the sharpshooter, but all of a sudden, Road dog Jesse James uh, lowers the cage, and the first of many kind of DX are gonna basically well, uh, run the, in on everyone. Before matches. he lowers the
2: cage, China's actually dangling from the cage by like uh, one hand for a second as well. I think. Oh that, yes, I forgot about that. That was actually quite scary for yeah. a minute there.
0: She was properly out there.
3: If she dropped, um, she would have seriously I, hurt herself. I was so. expecting it to go a different way because at this point, Were you Tri- expecting her to jump? No, I was expecting <laughs> because expect- at this point, Triple H was on on the floor. He was uh, he was on the on the ring on the mm. back. I was expecting her to drop and Owen Hart to catch her. I was, was expecting like a little like heroic moment from, from uh, Owen Hart. If it was, he started
0: shouting at her instead. If it was any other wrestler other than China dangling from that cage, I would have said yes. Mm. Yeah. But the fact is, China. I mean, she didn't even have a match until 1999. I think she she didn't take bumps. She didn't yeah. jump off of cages. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, she she gets out. Uh, Triple H um, gets the pedigree. From Own Heart, I noted that uh, Own actually does it better than Tripp. Very good, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was a very good pedigree. Uh, Own is just, he's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah uh, no, uh, I hope great you guys. Guy. He's fantastic. You guys hadn't seen a lot of Own Heart before, but I hope you no, really enjoyed The second, visit, now, the second yeah. match now that I've seen of Own Hearts. So. Everything is crisp, everything's always really good. But as China has gotten out of the cage, she starts uh, getting in the ref's face. X comes in and hits a. home oh, with a fire extinguisher. A tiny little fire extinguisher. A little, here. a little wee. What, just use a chair, mate. I mean, yeah. A fire extinguisher with your hipster weapons. Like, <laughs> you know. uh, Triple H wins via DX. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. So then we heart have. Gets um, screwed again. Poor, poor, poor Owen gets screwed again. Just the Hart family in general just gets screwed over. Uh, this is the promo which I alluded to in the previous uh, uh, podcast. Our own saying is enough is enough. It's time for a change. And he actually he says bullshit.
4: Owen, another loss to Triple H. Another loss to Triple H. It looks like DX has your
1: number. You want to know what I gotta say? Enough is enough. I've had it up to here. This bullshit has got to stop. Enough is enough, oh, okay. and it's gonna stop. Right. Things All are right. gonna have to change around here. All right. All right. You may be delirious, ladies and gentlemen. We apologize, we apologize for that, ladies and gentlemen.
0: But uh, yeah, it's just kind of. I love it because Owen is like he's calling it like it is. He's like, "This is it's ridiculous. Why are the people running in on my matches?" But the commentators are like, "Oh no, you shouldn't swear, though, mate. You know it's." Yeah. Uh, what a bad guy! It's he's he's turning bad guy, but you can see it's a logical reason, and yeah. I like that when bad guys are actually turned evil for for a reason. Yeah, because the bad not just, guy not just a sudden. Heel turn. Exactly. The bad guy has to do it for a reason. He has to feel like what he's doing is justified and own heart has got justification for everything that he does. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, final thoughts on that, match Guys. What do you think in comparison to the WrestleMania um, encounter?
2: It was cool how DX actually feels like a proper team now, as opposed to it just being Triple H with An China. evil
0: team as well, actually. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I, I really hated them, actually. A proper good heel tactics making you hate the, the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I really um, wanted Hart to win. You get X pac like, coming so in interfering Road Dog Law in the cage. They actually do feel like a proper team, yeah. as opposed to just China helping out Triple H. So, it's uh, pushing DX a little bit as well, which is Yeah, it was cool.
0: kind of a formidable force uh, yeah. after Shawn Michaels had left. Um, Next up, we get Jim Cornette coming out. Which, straight away, I was like, what in the name of goodness is Jim Cornette coming out? And then, oh God, it all came flooding back to me. Those memories I had suppressed of the NWA Invasion storyline in 1998. Sweet Mother of Jesus. I think this only lasts a few pay-per-views, but it is bleak. This is so bad. It's the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. The Rock and Roll Express, you look like they're around 90 hundred years old. (laughs) Against the Midnight Express, who is the new Midnight Express being uh, managed by Jim Cornette, which is Bodacious Bart and Bambastic Bob Holly. Um, I bambastic might have those, Bart. I might have gotten those two Bob, mixed up.
2: Whichever, yeah.
3: It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea there was a
2: whole NWA Invasion storyline. Yeah, I have
3: literally like no idea. Apart from um, uh, Bob Holly. I don't don't know who anyone else is. This
0: is one of these ones. Now, depending on who you ask, the storyline was meant to go one of many different ways. The basic gist of it was WCW was formed from the NWA territories. Around this time, the WCW had just formally parted ways with the NWA because it was its own brand. They didn't need the NWA Mm. belt that, say, Flair had held back in the 70s and stuff like that. So the NWA was an entity was out there. And I think the idea was Vince was like, right, let's... Use the NWA brand, some of their wrestlers, use that prestigious NWA belt, get a couple of storylines going, have some outside tension. I think that was the idea, but Jesus Christ, the execution was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. They picked possibly, the the NWA uh, group of baddies was the new Midnight Express, originally the Rock and Roll Express as well, Jeff Jarrett, Dan Severn, and I believe they had... There was another member anyway. That's how boring they were. <laughs> it's like they wanted to like get heat through audience apathy almost. Yeah. Straight away, you can tell this is a bad idea because it's the WWF crowd and they're going, "Oh, all the history between the Rockers and the Midnight Express." Again, this is like stuff that happened in the eighties. No 80s one gives a shit. In another company, I've never liked the Rock and Roll Express. Uh, apparently, like Jim Cornette will tell you that, that their feud with the Midnight, Ex- the original Midnight Express, is the greatest thing that ever happened. I never liked it. They looked like a bunch of greasy fucking carnies. <laughs> They always looked like shit. They did like the most basic double drop kick as a finisher. Never, never thought anything no, was, of them. this whole, this whole match was really, really boring. Slow Terrible and idea. Dull. Terrible idea. I mean, the, rock, the Rock and Roll Express looked like shit. Um, The the hair like they're balding. (laughs) Actually, um, they come out in these weird nasty boys jackets uh, to the rockers music. I'm like, why is Shawn Michaels and Marty? That is the one insane
2: factor about this match is all the hairstyles on display are absurd. Bob Bob Holly Holly, still looking good. You you dropped a serious Bob
0: Holly hair reference. You picked him in the Battle Royal at WrestleMania. I did.
2: I'm loving Bob Holly's hair at the minute because I know it's all going to go downhill. But what a second he becomes hardcore Holly because his his hair just goes pretty quickly. (laughs) So I'm making the most of this at the minute because I'm loving those luscious locks.
3: The only thing I actually ended up writing about this match. Was another uh, Jerry goddamn Lawler. Oh, brilliant! What did Jerry um, say? Just at one moment, he, he he it was like a big moment of silence, and he just chir- uh, chirped in with, "What colour panties do you think Sable is wearing?" And then just left yeah. it. With that Just wait for the moment of silence. Said that. Carried on. What
0: what what did he think Jim Ross was going to say? Oh, I think they're purple, King. I mean, that's not going to happen, man. He
2: knows who Jr. is,
3: right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Jim Cornette versus Tim White. Yeah, (laughs) the real, the real match. Yeah, Jim Cornette. God bless him. He, I think he knows that none of these guys have any heat, and they probably won't be able to get any. He cuts a big old lame promo at the start, going, "Oh, this city sucks. Everyone sucks. You suck. He sucks. Your mother sucks." And then, yeah, in the middle of the match, he just jumps right in there and starts fighting. um, uh, Referee Tim White. Referee Tim White, who's referred to as a fighting Irishman. Jesus. Uh, Cornette gets put in his place. Uh, by by, by, by White Who knocks him down And then raises The Rock and Roll Express's uh, Arms In an odd moment Jim Cornette Dead In an act of Bumbling heelness Puts his coat on Inside out <laughs> Yeah Because you can imagine Everyone in the audience Oh look at Jim Cornette He's proper stupid He put his coat on backwards I fucking love this match <laughs> 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 um, we get, This match is punctuated by Out of place Old timey spots Like you know I hate this It's my most hated Tag team wrestling thing ever Adam, say I put you in an abdominal stretch. Yep. Which by its nature is not a very sore move. No. It's actually a regular stretch. It just stretches your abdominal muscles. And then I shake Billy Keeble's hand from the corner. Somehow that process destroys you. More painful. It's illegal. It's it's lame. I hate that spot. You've got Jim Ross. I mean, I love when Jim Ross says, you know, old timey wrestling quotes and facts. That's Mm. always cool. But here it's really out of place. You got Jim Ross talking about like Frank Gotch and Ole Anderson. It's it's going over everyone's head. This is when they're meant to be like distancing themselves from the old boring wrestling of the territories. Paving a new ground. It's meant to be the attitude era. Yeah. What yeah. is going on here? It's so it out of a history place. lesson. It's almost as if Vince to say, "Aren't you glad you're not watching this shit anymore?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can hear a pin drop when the when the three count comes. Cornette comes in again with another. <laughs> With an elbow drop. <laughs> what, yeah. what?
2: That famous Jim Cornette elbow.
0: Yeah. You guys as well. The, the, the Rock and Roll Express get the Midnight Express in the two opposite corners. They go up for the 10 punch, right? The crowd They're counts. They're way out of sync. The right? crowd counts to 10. Both of them are out of sync with each other and, and the, the crowd, crowd. And they both end around punch six or seven. <laughs> Why? Why not give them this little moment? Let the crowd count to 10 at least. Yeah. Give us that. Um Sloppy finish. No one uh, cared.
2: I love how after the match the bell rings and everything. Only then do we find out they were for the belts as well. Oh, the we, we NWA yeah. tag belts. We didn't realize that the match was actually for the belts until it was over. No. That's how fucking dull it was and how badly put Such together it was. Such a bad,
0: bad match. If, if so you, tedious. If you want a surefire way to make people think a brand is cheap and secondary, bring in a load of belts. Because if you've got, you've already got like the, you know, the WWF tag belts. We've got the World mm-hmm. belts. We've got all our belts. Why does anyone care about the NWA title belts or the NWA World belts? They're clearly not on the same level. They
2: mean nothing. No. Exactly. To it's, the Archidera fans, they mean absolutely nothing. No one cares.
0: I mean, these, this angle originally came out with Jim Cornette did these little shoots. Uh, he did, it was like, Jim Cornette, this is my opinion. And he basically just cut a shoot promo on what he saw on WCW. And he was really cutting and they're really cool. You should check them out on YouTube if you haven't seen them. They're awesome. This led up to this, to this NWA invasion angle because he's like, I'm going to take wrestling back to when it was amazing. But there was clearly no end end game in here. What where, what was the long term goal with this? It beats no me. Idea. Beats me. Um, I think as soon as that three counts and that pin, you know, you can hear pin drop in the crowd. They're automatically going, okay, time to put the kibosh in this thing. Yeah. Yeah. there is nothing going on here. Ugh. Backstage, we get a promo from uh, Billy's favorite wrestler, Luna Goldust. Luna Goldust, <laughs> who is as
3: gross as ever. <laughs> for one reason and one
1: reason only and that is to strip every piece of clothing from Sable's grotesque body Sable, Sable ah, You are gonna be left in the ring like a newborn
3: Go Luna! She puts so much effort into everything she does. Yeah. I I like her a lot. Um, She's actually into her character. Yeah.
0: She can tell that she's actually really emotionally invested in her own character. You can say that for probably... You can count on your hand the number of female wrestlers who've actually had that. Yeah. Even even the opportunity, I suppose, to actually... True. True. I mean, at least they gave Luna the chance to kind of go and do all this stuff. They wouldn't
2: give any women the chance to do that nowadays. It's really
0: creepy because this is like we're coming up now to the uh, evening gown match, which is is the first ever kind of these you know sexy matches where uh, a lady has to strip the other lady. Yeah. Uh, the usual idea of these that came on later was that you know they were, both the ladies were hot and uh, attractive, so you know whoever wins, we all win. But Luna was like really creepy in this. She yeah. actually said, "And this is—I'll play the clip, hopefully." She said she was going to strip Sable and leave her there like a newborn baby. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ugh. Mate, I'm it's, trying to get—I'm uh... trying to get my wank on here, like yeah. you know. <laughs> I don't need this. <laughs> um, so yeah, awkward moments and tissues at the ready. It's Sable versus Luna in the first ever evening game match. Goldust coming out with uh, Luna uh, looking decidedly less stupid than he did at WrestleMania. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. He's in his, his big fur coat. He's got his big big robe on. Um, this is the kind of I suppose the real. We'll get a lot of these matches going forward, but this is the real kind of seedy attitude era kind of stuff coming out. This is the side yeah. of the
2: Attitude Era I do not miss at all. Like the fans are just like you know the, all the salivating the like stra- dogs. The
3: sign straight away that I saw was uh, a big fat dude holding up a sign say, saying Sable free tongue bath. No, no, no. Oh, the other was one saying, was uh, oh.
0: another sign saying "Thanks for the memories." Yeah. yeah, that was a bit later like, on. I
3: think that was in another match. he actually saw that. Song. I think we only noticed it then, yeah. but it was up the like, whole night.
0: Thanks for the memories
3: and free tongue bath.
0: Yeah, the the crowd are, 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 are actually make more noise during the build up for this match yeah. Than, yeah. than for anything that comes before it. Uh, Jerry Lawler is like a goddamn madman on this. Yeah, uh, we'll have plenty of quotes from here, I suppose. But uh, Sable comes out and straight away I'm thankful because she's coming out without Mark Merrow who I think, uh, thank God he's not a... No yeah. Mark Merrow tonight. No Mark Merrow tonight. Um, by the
3: end of it I was kind of hoping that he would turn up. I was thinking, let's, let's, let's make this much better please.
0: Mark Merrow could possibly do that. <laughs> uh, first Jerry Lawler quote that I made note of was, sex is the most natural thing that money can buy.
2: Oh, Jesus. I didn't catch that one.
0: I didn't catch yeah. that one either. Ugh. Now, there's, there's an obvious problem here for me and all of these kinds of matches is that it's like oh yo Red Bull and Males we got this sexy match cut up and everyone's like yeah man yeah yeah but like it's it's like I remember when I was 14 and a mates of mine went to go see Charlie's Angels full throttle in the cinema and they were like oh yeah here we go guys but then they were there and they're in the cinema and they were, obviously you're not going to masturbate in public like it's just <laughs> there's a weird sexual tension that cut right through the <laughs> arena they've cut the arena in half <laughs> with this match and it's not made any easier by Jerry Lawler jumping up and down like a goon. Oh, on commentary. The noises he
2: makes, just constantly going, Yeah! Uh,
0: we get kind of obviously clunky action. I mean, like, you know, Luna and Sable are dressed in evening gowns and high heels so I mean it's not as if Sable can show her amazing athletic behaviour that she showed us at Wrestlemania <laughs> yeah. but I mean yeah they're, they're, they're obviously there's nothing they can do the fans are just waiting for it to be over uh, I spoke too soon actually all of us did fucking Mark Merrill comes out yep rocking that leather do-rag
2: thank god he showed up
0: Black- still, still,
3: still, still uh, at first I was happy he turned up so this is a god awful match we can hopefully speed up the process
0: made it worse who are you kidding yeah made it Mark worse. Merrow made it worse. Mark Merrow comes out rocking the uh, sleeveless attitude era logo with the black denim shorts white socks and wrestling boots uh, that's the outfit I believe I'll be wearing to my wedding actually yeah. <laughs> uh, Sable wins loses etc uh, because of distraction by Mark Merrow uh, the kind of Sable in her undies moment is ruined by the fact she's going yeah <laughs> yes. She is screaming like yeah, a, yeah. it's like horrible. The like velociraptor, it's so horrible. Dude, Luna. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh Come on. Come and get it. Come
3: on. Come and get it. Not um, sexy also at, all. at this point I realize she doesn't have that greater body, it's weird. It's very
2: it's weird. Nineties body, yeah. And, uh, yeah,
0: really high waist, plastic surgery yeah. all over it. Who, who are we to critique on, on a woman's body? But it's uh, you know, it's, it, it was it was weird, I suppose, with the screaming. Yeah. And then she goes under the ring and takes around six hours. And God, then, they're under there
2: for ages. Yeah, the, the
0: whole thing was that she was meant to have stripped Luna of all of her clothes, but yeah. you don't see it obviously because Goldust takes her away. And but then I
3: don't understand why he carries her out. He like just let her walk. She's in a big coat now. She can't walk. He just. Picks her, up, puts her over his, sho- his shoulder, well, and she, walks away like this
0: fucking King she, Kong. She, she, she had her clothes taken off, which from Luna from, Luna, from Luna, the words herself, like a newborn child. Yeah. She, she yeah. has to carry it. <laughs> yeah. And then we get an incredibly horrible moment in that, as Luna has been taken away, Sable continues to scream. Canon! Yeah. Ugh. Oh, god She actually sounds like Brock Lesnar yeah. <laughs> You know when Lesnar came out with the chair at Raw <laughs> recently. <or something. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> um, Vincent Kennedy McMahon comes out to no music but a big boo with the mm. Stooges Patterson Briscoe. This is the first pay per view where we get a, uh, to witness Vince McMahon as the Mr. McMahon character, but uh, straight away you can tell he's not the Vince that we truly know. I about. love Vince McMahon. He's yeah, not, he's, he's just, not quite. He doesn't have the yet. flair.
2: Yeah, he doesn't quite have like the sort of the passion or like he's the, uh, the big. He's still getting
0: used to the idea of what he wants to be doing. Yeah. I think the general thing he was going for here was that the early Vince McMahon character was that he was an intellectual. He used big words and he was soft-spoken. Mm. I think the idea was that it was meant to counteract because Austin was all, you know, fingers and shouting mm. to have this soft-spoken it intellectual. Didn't it, didn't work. Work. it didn't quite click. And I think it's just the, the natural emotions took over. And the, uh, the next couple of weeks after this... There's shouting. Vince, yes, yeah, they're going, you know, he's driving us a mad <laughs> you know. That. <laughs> it naturally came out. So... Um, Basically, Vince McMahon comes out and more or less lays it out. The reason he's here tonight is to screw Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah. Call it like it is. Make his baby. intentions clear. Uh, my favourite Vince McMahon uh, line here was that uh, he referred to as, Not many years ago, my mother had the pleasure of giving birth to him. which is <laughs> Not like, many years ago. Yeah, you have to like take a breath because there's around 10 uh, chauvinistic, uh, yeah. egotistical statements yeah. in one there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I liked this. Um, again, it was strange to have Vince come out and cut this promo. This could have been something that could have been done backstage. Yeah. it took up mm-hmm. a lot of time. It was cool though to see like this is when you had the Stooges, uh, Patterson, Briscoe, though uh, Jim Ross like running them down on commentary, saying that they were sellouts. Yeah, I really liked that. Back to the superstar line for a quick moment before we go into, oh boy. It's the tag team title match, New Age Outlaws... The other versus... tag
2: team title match, sorry. Sorry, the out. real tag team yeah.
0: title match, which they actually announced before the bell this time. <laughs> the New Age Outlaws, Road Dogg Jesse James and Badass Billy Gunn against the Legion of Doom 2000, who are accompanied to the ring by Sonny. Uh, we didn't really mention it before, but... Uh, I suppose before the year 2000, adding the suffix 2000 was a way of you know making things... Made same. it cool. Made it legit. Badass. Like we should call this Attitude Era Podcast 2000, really, until yeah. we hit the. Uh, hit We've the gone 2000. past
2: 2000. We should do 3000 instead. So that, yeah. there, you there you go. go. Yeah. Brilliant.
0: Yeah. Um, Road Dog comes out at the start and brings out Dean Smith. Uh, it's a blow-up doll. Everyone boos. I assume it's some... topical reference. Some reference. Some, some, some reference. At, you know, it's a base... your local sports team. Oh,
3: bl- man, yeah. uh, but I they, love that. Pro- <laughs> proper rubbish.
2: Turns out it wasn't actually him. It was a blow-up doll. If you uh, look at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. was it now? Oh, yeah. Typical outlaws. Yeah, those uh, crooks. Uh,
3: I didn't worth. like. I didn't like the uh, the starting promo from nope. uh, Road Dog.
0: As who, in the who, who gave him a mic? What for the for the Dean Smith thing or for the the regular? Oh, just
3: just the whole thing of him you, introducing them. I really. Didn't whoa, like it. really? You don't like the
0: oh, you didn't know. No, I, I, I. Oh my god! I really didn't like it. the first just, controversial statement I think that had on the podcast. Yeah. That's like iconic, Billy. I, I, don't it, get me wrong. I, I was,
2: found
3: it really boring.
2: Why? I was bored stiff during the basketball references, but Road Dog's usual well, spiel. What the Billy oh, you know,
0: well, Gunn no, no, and No, I didn't like it.
2: The Road dog, Jesse James, the Badass Billy Gunn Seriously. No, didn't like it.
3: I was just sat through it, just thinking, I I don't like these men. Goodness gracious! And like, wow. I, think this, I think this is probably like apart from you know the, the match last time in, in the at WrestleMania, and then like some of the promos I've seen. Um, this is sort of a first sort of proper match at a, nor, a sort of a more normal pay per view. Yeah, match, yeah. Mm-hmm. But didn't like them. You know, I just don't like them as characters. Wow. I don't think are well, oh, we going to get a lot of flack for that
0: you yeah probably send um, in your
2: tweets at Billy Keeble uh, make yeah, sure you are insulting. Keeble.
3: yeah at Billy Keeble yeah, go. Well, go, well, go, go, tell me I'm wrong
0: what I will say is I don't think the outlaws were ever like you know technically proficient like amazing catchers catch can resters. But they were most certainly over with the crowd. Their personalities made up for it. Any they came out... I suppose maybe this isn't the best instance because they're meant to be kind of heels here. They become faces in a bit. And well, I may, I may it becomes get around to liking them a bit
3: more then. But at this point in time, this wasn't a fan at
0: all. The, the atmosphere here uh, is really weird. It's dead. The crowd aren't yeah. into it. So I would say... Hold off before you sell yeah. out at the Outlaws because you will be seeing a lot of them, and when the crowd
2: of- is singing along with the Outlaws and you know they're all going mental for them, then you'll yeah. probably enjoy it a bit more.
0: Yeah. Well, <sighs> I'll, I'll I'll leave that
3: to you. You know, I, I'm sure I will. And then, uh, like a bit uh,
0: the uh, what a rush! Lod two thousand comes out with this incredibly strange attempt to modernise them yeah, and quickly take off their laser tag armour. <laughs> <laughs> um, two things straight away: the original Legion of Doom had cool mohawks. Mm. And I believe OSW Review I always note that their mohawks clicked into each other. Oh, uh, yeah. Hawk was basically, if you took my dad and gave him the inverse of his hair. <laughs> uh, and they had badass uh, face paint. Both of the guys have got shaved heads and they have stupid face paint. Hawk looks like a panda. I, I yeah. couldn't tell the difference between it's, the two d- of them. Exactly. If apart from was, their types,
2: it's quite difficult to tell them apart now. Yeah. yeah.
0: That, the, I mean, mo- I mean, I understand modernizing, but I always thought Legion of Doom was something that was pretty much timeless. It looks it looks cool now as it looked cool in the eighties. If broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, if the crowd are bored, just give them more interesting storylines. Don't slap them with a uh, with sunny and come out. Also, New the music. Gear. The I used yeah. to love the mm-hmm. LOD music. It's this weird like Euro pop. Uh, oh good <laughs> lord, it's uh, it's bad. Um, LOD are stiff as fuck. Good yep. God in heaven. Yep. On that stiff mat, I feel bad for the Outlaws, but they're probably sufficiently doped up that they can't really yeah. feel any pain going into
3: yeah. this. Going in quickly to uh, rubbing uh, his uh, dick. Uh, B- B- Billy Gunn rubs his dick against, uh, I think it's Hawk, nearly straight away. Really? I did not catch that. Yeah, he gets Disgusting thrown, he gets, he gets thrown into
0: turnbuckle, just just rubs, rubs his dick into his face, you know, set the tone. I think at the Outlaws, the fact that they weren't in DX before this was ridiculous because they were such an obvious, like... Like they weren't in DX at WrestleMania 14, yeah. But they seemed like they were DX. You know, yeah. what I mean, they fit really perfectly with this group. I mean, they were just giving them an excuse to point at their dicks more, I suppose. <laughs> uh, it worked. The crowd really like. They got under their skin uh, early on. Road Dog after he takes a sustained abuse from uh, either Hawk or Animal, I couldn't tell them apart. Uh, he goes into the corner and cuddles Billy Good and kind of like the yeah. Like he puts his head in his bosom. It's yeah. so funny. Like uh, I love that. Uh, We get a big bang potty drop uh, by one of the road warriors on on Billy Gunn, and immediately Billy Gunn just goes, Oh, shit! (laughs) Which, uh, Adam, you've always admitted a soft spot for uh, swearing.
2: I I go mental for swearing or screaming or anything of the sort in wrestling. My favourite one being Ric Flair going, Fuck you! to Triple H (laughs) mid-match in a steel cage.
0: Uh, We get an awful, awful botch uh, early on. The crowd are brutal. They're really on into this. Um, they attempt the devastation device, uh, the, the Legion of Doom. We get this really rough chop block yeah. by one of the outlaws. Mm, and yeah. everyone just kind of collapses, and it's like, oh! You only see in Chikara, and everyone like lands on their feet and like poses. It? It's cool. Yeah. Here, everyone's it's like a the Hindenburg crashing. It's yeah. in slow motion onto that yeah. concrete mat, like really rough. Um, we get the road dog then for the majority of the match, working over the leg, uh, yeah. kicking the leg, knee in the leg. Yeah using the spinning toehold at one point, shades mm. of Terry Funk. Um, it's a bit of a shame that he, he keeps uh, going over the leg a whole lot because the Road Warriors decided really not to sell the fact that their leg has been worked <laughs> over the whole match. Um, I think we also got a Jerry Lawler moment when he referred to Animal
3: as a... He said, Animal looks like a dumb, slow wildebeest <laughs> several times. Good In a like just... Didn't, didn't keep coming back to it. He just said, "I'm going to say the same sentence a couple of times in a
0: row." Uh, look at him over there. He's a right wildebeest. <laughs> you, you know what they say about wildebeest. He, exp- he kept
3: expanding on it. He's a wildebeest. A what? slow wildebeest. A, a, a dumb slow wildebeest.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've got a degree in zoology. Right. And I've watched a lot enough wrestling to consider myself to be learned in that as well. I've if I have a, a Venn diagram and I've got wildebeests <laughs> and wrestlers. They don't connect. No. There's no. Maybe Bastion Bugger, but uh, the, road, <laughs> the Road Warriors aren't really wildebeests. Um, you know, doesn't really fit up. Uh, Jerry Lauder at one point <laughs> refers to Anwell as having a stupid gimp leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good God, this man is evil. Yeah, he, like he to pick is safe. Um,
3: Sonny, as well in this match, screaming constantly like she's watching her child get murdered. Like, yeah, she's screaming so loudly and so shrilly throughout the match. It's like, oh, calm down. Please. It's
2: like Foley's wife and beyond the mat or something. It's like really, yeah. but in this it's just, instance, it's just really not justified. No, no, yeah, nothing's, it's just nothing's happening. You know, it's just LOD two thousand. your boys.
0: It's 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 lazy. It's lazy managing because like if the crowd are dead, she's obviously thinking, oh, I've got to do something. And what, what what's she gonna do? She's just gonna scream. That's like lazy. There's just screaming. Yeah. Why are you screaming? No one cares. You're annoying. Shut up. You know yeah. it's. I mean, if you look at, like, back in the 80s, like, people like Sensational Sherry and stuff like that, they were, like, cool, like, women, even Miss Elizabeth, they're women on the outside, and they, they were actually smart enough and had enough idea of psychology to do stuff that would get the crowd to start cheering or booing or whatever. If, like, for example, Miss Elizabeth used to always have, like, a little look of concern if Randy Savage was in trouble. Straight away, everyone's rallying behind the macho man. Sonny's just screaming here. (laughs) You know, um, Sonny, this is, she was on her way out at this point. A lot of personal demons... And I think the fact that Shawn Michaels isn't around anymore to protect her. But we'll not get into that. Leave that. A story we'll leave that day. uh, sunny day's talk for another podcast. Long, long, long match here, guys. Crowder dead again. Boring as fuck. Really yeah. boring. I, 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 know,
3: I, I noted, in my I notes, you know, everyone is bad. Mm. I wrote down everyone. I'm I think sure. the, outlaws the Outlaws are trying.
2: Okay. They're, they're, like you say, they've never been incredible in the ring, but, you know, they were still trying to make it at least a little bit entertaining.
0: If you've but, got these, like... Like, the outlaws are meant to be, like, creeps, basically. Like, mm. if you get got these kind of creep heels who are, like, using your chicanery to, to get over and to beat these guys up, you can't have your good guy team not sell at all. And this... Yeah. The road warriors are like, oh, no, we're the road warriors. They're so fucking clearly over themselves. It's annoying. It's annoying. They won't sell. They won't make their stuff look good. They, they're mm. stiff. I think they're, they're dinosaurs here, really. I love LOD, but they're out of place in the Attitude Era. The is ending it?
2: of this match is so shit, I have well, to say. Well, yeah. when
0: Mr. Ass hits the Famouser, and, you know, it's his finisher. Yeah. The crowd do not even react. Yeah, no one notices. No one notices. Uh, Jim Ross even calls it the rocker dropper, so I suppose <laughs> it wasn't even over at that point. Uh, yeah, we got a, a hot tag, and Hawk flies over the ropes, kind of kicking at the same time. Uh the crowd goes silent straight away. Considering mm. they were building this hot tag for what I think it was 10 minutes. It had been going for
2: a long time to build up to it.
0: And nothing happens. Uh, yeah, Billy Gunn uses the belt. Hawk kicks out. Hawk hits the worst German suplex Ugh. ever. One, two, three. LOD apparently win the belts. And here comes the weird part now, Adam.
2: Yeah, this swerve. I mean, no one gives a shit anyway. But it's so, it's blatant. It is absolutely blatant that LOD had the pin with the uh, the German suplex yeah. into a pin. It's blatant. He had the bridge. He was like, yeah, yeah. It's an obvious pin. It's almost as obvious and as even, like hooking the if leg. Even it
3: isn't, it's like you said. It's it's all about if you're doing the offensive maneuver. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But that's, somehow yeah. Road Dog pinned him. Um, it, oh, it's just it's just one stupid, stupid ending. They could have done so much though? better. Was what? that it?
0: Was are we? Are we are agreed now that they're saying the reason they won was because Hawk pinned himself. Yeah, and Road Dog the, was on top. Because what I thought it was because there was a second referee. I thought they were like, no, no, Billy Gunn used the belt, DQ, therefore they the They, outlawed they didn't still the actually title. go into saying. Well, they never reason. said. They never said. Well, oh, I see. I assume. Yeah. I I assume was one I'm with Adam.
3: I assume. I, I, I thought assume. it was
2: the 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 ref. Thought it was the uh, Road Dogs pin. I think the commentators themselves they don't didn't know because you can see Jr. saying, "Look at the ref. He's looking at Road Dogg's shoulders here and stuff like that." So it's it's weird it's because such a, like a swampy ridiculous ending to the match. No one knows what it means. You and- can do an ending
0: like that, but you need two things: one, you need a replay, yeah. and two, you need the announcers or you know Howard Finkel or whoever to explain. Yeah. actually they went don't worry well, don't, don't just walk out they played the LOD team's <laughs> music and then they went they played the LOD team's music and then Howard Fink went the winners of the match the New Age Outlaws and then yeah. their music played didn't get it um, stupid, the come out and then end. and they have kind of a stare down you know LOD kill the referee great yeah. again this is another match where it's like they're doing these big spots but the crowd just don't react it's weird the undercard and attitude era pay-per-views particularly early attitude era pay-per-views we're learning, it's like, yeah. it's not all that, like, not great, you know, there's there's not a lot to talk about, hopefully it'll improve, LOD celebrating the ring, to the New Age that it loves music, <laughs> love that, what a rush, <laughs> it's me, it's me, it's that H-A-W-K, um, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett comes out. Ah,
2: uh, uh, can we can we be qu- well, pretty well, quick with this? Tennessee, side, I Lee. Spend,
0: Tennessee Lee first.
2: Don't want to spend long talking about this. Tennessee
0: guys? Lee and Jeff Jarrett come out straight away. I'm pissed. I paid good money for this DVD. Where's Jennifer Flowers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tennessee Lee introduces Sawyer Brown. Jeff Jarrett comes out to complete silence. Yeah. Uh, he goes to Jeff Jarrett. Are you ready? <laughs> Double J, are you ready? <laughs> What's he gonna sing? Let's kick it, boys! Like, who, I see Sawyer Brown is a real guy. I don't know. I don't care. Clearly, yeah. crowd are not really up yeah. the idea of a lip-synced country <laughs> western concert yeah. with a mid-card heel. And yeah. uh, after after the song is done, there
3: was a resounding no to uh, Double J's uh, question of uh, ain't I great. You resounding know. no,
0: really. Uh, it's been said before, and I'll say it again, Jeff Jarrett broke a million guitars and never drew a dime. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Steve Blackman comes out and starts killing Jeff Jarrett, and kind of picking up, going, yes, this is going to be fun, because the whole time during these Sing Song, I'm thinking, so I, wish Kent, that, I wish Kent Shamrock would come out. Yeah, and yeah. suplex, so beat the shit out of him. Yeah. but yeah, here we go. It's, it's ridiculous. You know, you've got uh, Blackman comes out. He does like a, a half 2 power special. Uh, Tennessee Lee hits him in the head with a guitar, and then he gets put in the figure-four rock. So you've got this bad guy coming out does a five minute song and then he beats up someone. Yeah. So everyone looks like, you know, no one gets yeah. anything out of this.
2: One of the worst segments I've ever seen in yeah, wrestling, I, I think. I can... Real, well, real of it.
0: At the end of this segment, the crowd were chanting, we want flair. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Because, I mean, Regardless of the badness of the undercard, Raw, the four weeks before this, fucking hell, Raw was kicking Nitro's ass in the ratings. You had all this cool shit with Austin McMahon. The WWF product at the time was, like, the talk of the town. It was the coolest thing ever. And to actually make that crowd, a sold-out crowd chant, we want flair, that's like... You know you do. I know it's Carolina, but still, you know, it's, it's, it's silly. Three words, Jeff. Ain't I mediocre? Uh, and now... And now, thankfully, we're coming to uh, the the kind of the crux of this pay view. It's the Inferno match. Finally, finally, it's bloody hell! It's 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 Kane versus Undertaker in a rematch for WrestleMania 14. The
4: Undertaker was leading a life of quiet desperation. The re-emergence of his brother fueled the flames of memories that burn.
1: You. Our flesh and blood, my flesh and blood, and I will not, tonight or any other night, fight you.
4: Paul Bearer sees the opportunity to manipulate The Undertaker by twisting the phenom's tormented soul. All the agony
1: that we cause, and all the souls that
4: And Kane's devastation spread like wildfire until the Undertaker's smoldering fury took flame. Despite beating Kane, WrestleMania 14 was a physical and emotional scorching for the Undertaker. And Paul Bearer's torture began its spiral towards insanity. I had a dream! I saw the ring surrounded
1: by fire! What do we have? Our desperate men, resorting to desperate action. Oh no! They're desecrating... He's desecrating his own parents' grave! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Step into the fire! <laughs>
4: and Kane's defamation of their parents' grave sparked a ferocity in The Undertaker. What the hell is
1: he doing?! I think The Undertaker is taking this too far! These two guys had nothing to do, oh no, with the desecration of the Undertaker's
4: parents' Uh grave. The hatred delivered us into unknown, terrorizing territory. You are so worried about what your damn mom and daddy think about what you're doing. You can fight your brother
1: right on
0: their damn grave. Jerry Lawler at ringside has got hot dogs and marshmallows at the ready. Ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, right, think about this. They have that
4: enormous
2: promo at the start of the pay-per-view, like, you know, with all the Biblical Bible passages and mm-hmm. stuff and all the flames and the big massive rivalry between Kane and Taker. We finally get through all these shitty matches on the pay-per-view to get and to And concerts. The, and a concert to get yeah. to the Inferno. And Jerry Lawler just sat there like a sausage on a stick like going, making ah! big fun and games out of it all. He completely kills it I think. I
0: think he does the same thing in the uh, uh, there's a match uh, coming up in a few few weeks time where um, Kane says he'll set himself on fire and Jerry Lawler is like got his marshmallows. For God's sake <laughs> why is it with this guy? He's just, I don't know maybe after JR got set on fire he changed his ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the yeah amazing promo package we just played that there. Amazing. Uh, Kane good lord the stuff he does to, to Undertaker this past Month burns his parents' graves, yeah, burns their caskets, and then he slams the Undertaker into the flaming remnants of his mother's casket. Yeah, and Paul Bear goes, it, You die, you lie there with your dead mama. We cut
2: straight from that really dark image to Jerry Lawler, yeah, with his with, hot yeah, dog. yeah. yeah exactly. That's exactly what I'm Just talking about, yeah. yeah,
3: but like. Uh, uh, the first thing I've written down on my notes is how much I love Paul Bearer. Oh man, the, mm-hmm. the, so the, cool the promo man. starts with such a piercing screech. The fire! Just sort of like, oh, it, man. it sends uh, the hairs on the back of your neck. You know, it, on the end, it's like I, I I
0: love Paul Bearer. He's so incredible. Much. It's the most perfect. Like I don't I think the only person who I would say would come close to this would be Lesnar with Heyman in terms of the most perfect mouthpiece with the most perfect scary guy. Yeah. Because Kane would If Kane was talking on his own, it never would have worked. You know. But Kane just stood there. Look fucking scary. You did really creepy stuff and Paul Bearer was on the microphone. It was absolutely There's a little uh, There was a little shot of his eyes as well. Yeah. yeah. He, he looked hard. really scary he at this looked, point. He, he looked off. like a monster. Yeah. So Kane heads to the ring. There's, uh, you, We can see through the camera the gas is like flowing everywhere. Yeah. Uh, me and you were wondering, Adam, when we watched this, how in the name of goodness did they get like uh, health, and safety. health and safety insurance? They're filling the arena with
2: gas very slowly at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then they're going to set it on fire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, Yeah, we get a couple of random jolts of flame um, after The Undertaker comes out. Straight away you can tell as the, the thing is lit up. It's really hot. Really it's hot, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's
3: a warm match. I don't think they ever considered that, did they?
2: That the fire might actually make them a little bit sweaty.
3: Yeah.
0: So, Vince, we, we got an update. It's like, what? Fire's hot, apparently. It's like, oh, good lord. Get the writing team on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you've got a, a ring surrounded in fire, and you've got two guys who've got a lot of kit on them. Yeah. And I feel particularly... And they're both big guys. Oh, they're big dudes, yeah. And just sweat dripping off them. And because the, uh, the whole gimmick of the match is you have to set your opponent on fire to win they do loads of spots where they're close right to the fire, near the fire right yeah. into it. I mean, Kane. I was surprised he didn't pass out. He's got that mask on. He's got the uh, face paint on the. His face bit. paint he was running yeah, into his eyes. Yeah, he's got like long hair. He's yeah. got a beard as well. You can tell Kane compared to WrestleMania and everything WrestleMania Kane did was really like pronounced and like slow. Here he's scratching his mask. Yeah. he's a little. Both guys are a little off here. So the general action this match is like obviously because they're so frigging hot. Like yeah, uh, even the they're commentators really are, are like, uh, their minds are elsewhere. You can tell because yeah. they're so hot. Jim Ross, is that the pig roasted on the spit? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 evident that the Inferno
3: match as a whole is is a much better idea on paper than it is in in real
0: life. They did it a few times afterwards, but I mean, I suppose once you've seen one, you've seen them all. The base, I mean, it's like they do a move, the flames go up. Mm. Yeah. Or in they the case weren't even, of the... they weren't even
3: doing that right here, are you, I though? know. Yeah. Like take a take a, a really small bump, and then like only
0: one side would go up. And I remember at one point I just said. Pathetic. <laughs> I watching it with really. you. I think there was a point where they thought they were going to do something because I think yeah. like King like winded up for something and then he just kind of like went for like a bit of a headlock and then all of a sudden the flames went up. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh good lord, not the
2: headlock! I think he came pick up a chair at one point. And and it then, went, <laughs> fire yeah. everywhere you have the chair
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like Diablo or something eh?
3: and then uh, Paul Bearer turning away every time there's a small burst in flame can you blame just, him <laughs> yeah just holding his tie up to his face to hide it from him
0: and just looking uh, Paul, away Paul Bearer is literally like a honey glazed ham here, yeah. here. Yeah. the man is should not be there he it's, could have
2: passed out from dehydration I, I
0: imagine he'd be losing all the uh, all his uh, eyebrow hair in the yeah. very least yeah and this is the first moment we get the uh both guys choke slamming each other at the same time, spot which becomes like a, a staple of oh, you know, a, every. yeah the slap
2: onto the neck with the other hand. I love yeah. that.
0: Uh, Kane overpowers the Undertaker and chokes on him. That's the cool thing. they carrying it on from WrestleMania. Is that Kane is stronger than the Undertaker? Yeah. Uh, Jim Ross says, "This is hell on earth." Good <laughs> lord! Well, it must be, you know, we, sitting there next day where all we to where David Wall. I sit behind a desk. find <laughs> you <know, that's> <laughs> we'll a desk after. Well, you know, I actually, I think you said during the NWA Invasion match, "This is hell on earth." Would have been more apt i suppose <laughs> yeah. um we got a couple of chair shots here and sweet mother of god like right there yeah <sighs> Kane's doing the unprotected no selling just thing. just completely taking it but like yeah. i mean that's you know you can't be doing that lads come on put your hands up it's just <sighs> yeah i guess so
2: back at this point they didn't realize did they just how uh, dangerous chair shots could be were they aware of like the uh, repercussions that they could have
0: they knew it was sore they knew it hurt, yeah, but
2: did they know that it could actually no. Uh, be I mean, there was you know, there, there was like
0: you you could get a concussion, but I don't think there was yeah. a whole kind of if you get they, ten concussions, long term effects. Yeah. And the cumulative effects weren't really known at the they time. They just thought you get over a concussion or something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, Kane gets choke slammed by the Undertaker soon after this. You know, we're getting a lot of brawling going on here. The flames go absolutely <laughs> mental when this happens. Kane sits straight back up doesn't even sell the chokeslam no. I love that so cool just like a WrestleMania we kicked straight out of the uh, yeah. tombstone they do the double big boot and both men are down love that moment yeah. that real cool It, yeah. uh, it uh, it's kind of I think we've seen guys like Kevin Nash try to do that and fall doesn't over. anyone near yeah. as good normally <laughs> but that was really well done uh, possibly one of the coolest moments the match comes next week go for a big superplex good god yeah I did yes. not
2: see that coming two enormous goliaths hot like feet this.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: seriously I've, it took him a yeah. long time to get up there my, uh, my, my my mouth dropped a little when I, when, I, when it actually happened, I was like, Oh I actually did it. I was yeah, expecting they it to pulled just, it off. I expected you know it's oh it's not gonna work. They're shaking, shaking when he's hooking them for that yeah. super yeah. man.
0: It's 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 kinda scary. Kane gets thrown out and then comes this is the moment of the match, this is the Inferno match so to speak. Undertaker does that WrestleMania dive, but he is it over the flames. So cool. And and yeah. one point of good timing actually in this entire match is at just the second after his feet clear it. They send the flames up. Really cool visual. Really, really cool. Um, and yes uh, this is basically we're getting to the ending sequence of the match Kane mysteriously disappears for a moment as the Undertaker goes after Paul Bearer in another one he's kind of I know he's basically Satan but it's a little creepy to see him beat up a fat man just <laughs> Paul Bearer running
3: away as well it's, uh, it's really funny plodding along whilst uh, Undertaker just walks behind him he's
2: slowly away. it's the
0: Undertaker I suppose our best to run <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's the slowest chase in wrestling history he's very slowly yeah. getting
0: away uh, exactly uh, Paul Bearer uh, makes gets, stupid he
3: walks up the uh, onto the uh, band stage. But yeah, he has I'll, one way down well, or two way down if you get
0: thrown off it. Yeah. Which, uh I think it happens. He gets he gets bopped on the head with the drum. Yeah, he, yeah. Blades. Uh, he blades. Paul Bear blading, yeah. And no one can see it because it's they're, they're, there's no lights on the stage. Yeah. So here's yeah. Paul Bear blading, uh, blading, bleeding. I think uh, Jim Ross says his blood type is ragu. <laughs> 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 and uh, you know it's kind of all for nothing. But um, you know as they say, there's an old saying on the bayou that goes. Bleh! <laughs> <laughs> Hardcore um, reference,
2: sir, okay. Thank you, thank you.
0: Uh, <laughs> tweet in if you got it. Um, all this, of course, was not for nothing. We come back and Kane has got the uh, gimmick show. He's got the, the, the big wet sleeve on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 the big paper mache the, arm. Yeah, it's, you can actually see the sellotape. Yeah. Um,
3: you like know where, what? where did he go to have that done? Under, 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 oh, yeah. under the ring. Under the ring. Because I was going to say, he just had sure it done on the side because it had been full like, sight of everyone. But surely everyone's going to know he's gone under the ring. For I the think
2: reason. he must have like just sort of gone half under the ring and put his arm right under or something, and then there'll be someone on the day. Yeah. You,
0: you know it. what? I'll, I'll tell you what, I saw this when I was a kid. I was 10. I saw this, and you know what? I, what my reaction was, oh my god, they set on fire! Oh my god, that's so cool. I can believe they set him on fire. I didn't notice because, you know, I was. Yeah, I, I was yeah, it's because we look out for it, yeah. But yeah, looking back now. It is very noticeable. Kane's yeah. arm is on fire, though. It's pretty cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, he yeah. does walk away going... Burr, burr. Um, Jim Ross, you know, uh, Taker her, take her wins. Oh, we did get a run-in by Vader as well. Yeah. Which was... Oh, yeah.
2: Kane tried to escape, didn't he? And uh, Vader stopped him. Vader
0: kind of was floating around doing nothing at the time. Obviously, it was such a memorable run and we forgot to mention it until (laughs) (laughs) later. So there we go. Undertaker now has two straight victories over his brother, Kane.
2: One thing you pointed out is how it took an awful long time for the bell to ring after they set Kane on fire because there was obviously some officials over at the desk going, I'm not sure, is that actually him on fire? Or does (laughs) he need to catch more fire before we can ring the bell yet? Uh,
0: Yeah, so there you go. We've got Kane, undertaker That was the first ever Inferno match. We'd have it a few more times in the Attitude Era, but this was kind of, you know, the, uh, the, Inferno, the Inferno match. match. Yeah. What did you think of this Inferno match, Billy? I mean, honestly, as someone looking in, this is very strange. The Inferno match is not because is in WWE 13 and 12, even though we never yeah. mm-hmm. have it, so you probably, this is the first time you would seen anything like this, was it? Um, this first time I've actually seen
3: an Inferno match. I've played, you know, the mode on um, Ignore oh, that. Not, it's not representative not of an Inferno but, match. Did it um,
0: take it get up to 700 degrees Fahrenheit or
3: whatever? I'm not sure the little meter wasn't in the corner. So <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was it was it was okay. Um, there were a little, there was a couple of spots in it, you know, which I, I really enjoyed. Um, but overall, I I don't think it was as good as WrestleMania. That WrestleMania match. I
0: think in in the long term, I think this this gimmicked match took away from it. It ended up being more of a disservice mm. than, uh, than 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 a yeah. help. Um, it got in the way. The guys were uncomfortable. But you have to probably think they didn't realize they would be this hot. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it's they a stupid should, thing, you, you, but they, they should have known though. Well, they, they're thinking, oh, it's only a little because the flame is actually quite small. But I suppose it's because you're surrounded by it, yeah, it you know, on all sides. You know, there's no sides, there's nowhere to get it. I, I, mean, I
2: gotta disagree. I think the gimmick was actually a great idea because obviously they had the straightforward one-on-one match at WrestleMania, and um, they obviously needed to try and push the envelope a little bit more and make it more interesting and keep things fresh. So, mm-hmm. first ever inferno match. It makes more sense than anything in the world to put Kane and Undertaker in there because that's true. Yeah, it makes complete sense. Obviously they're a little bit uncomfortable because no one's gonna be able to wrestle a perfect ten out of ten match in an inferno. But at the same time I think given those circumstances they still do a really good job. That's the superplex for God's sake, alone. Mm. That's true. Undertaker uh, that, that diving true. over. That'd That'd it's it's spot. a pretty slow match. It's a pretty slow match, but I mean in terms of story and in terms of what they do despite being like, you know, swelteringly hot in there, mm. I was quite impressed with it.
0: And again, it's another cool thing that Kane is beaten, but you know that Only just. Only just. Yeah. And it's like you know you get this feeling that if Kane wasn't on fire, he'd be beating the shit out of the Undertaker. still, You know, my thoughts on the match is mainly this: is that the match itself is not like a technical masterpiece, but the cool moments and the the general story and the atmosphere are so cool. They're so focused on Raw at the moment that I mean, more people are watching Raw than buying the pay per views. Mm. So if I'm tuning in on Raw and I'm just you know Joe Sixpack and I see the you know the, the I see the superplex and the dive and Kane being set on fire straight away I'm like oh my god this is amazing anything yeah. can happen but that makes you have to sit through the match itself it was more yeah. about I think the great... highlight reel afterwards yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. exactly. and we get a lot of matches like that I think in in the Attitude Era but needless to say gentlemen it is time for the main event
1: but if you ask Don't Call Steve Austin it's been a conspiracy between Vince McMahon and Dude Love what? all along
0: I would suggest that
4: Mr. Austin has been watching too many Oliver Stones movies.
1: Hell, if you think it was a conspiracy, give me a hell yeah. That's exactly what I thought. I tell you what, Ben, you're going to raise a lot of eyebrows. You're going to sit at ringside
4: during the title match with Austin and Dude Love.
1: He's only done that one other time, and that was at Survivor Series once someone else got screwed out of the title. Here comes the If you screw Steve Austin, Vince, you're going to get your ass whipped in front of the world and that's all i got to say. Ding,
0: ding, ding. It's a WWF Championship match. Steve Austin uh, making his second defense. His first one was against Vince McMahon the night after uh, <laughs> WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, against Dude Love, the loved one. Uh, Vince McMahon had kind of withheld the identity of Austin's opponent for uh, for the weeks leading up to it. He was screwing around with Steve Austin. And it wasn't yeah until a week before he revealed that it was going to be Dude Love, and not, uh, you know, Cactus Jack or, or, or whoever else. I've always found Dude Love to be a very
3: strange character. It's such a departure from McFoley's other characters, you know.
0: And Dude Love is a heel as well. Yeah. Corporate Dude, dude, dude Love.
3: Dude, dude, dude Love, a man who's all about love and kicking your ass. You
2: know?
3: <laughs> Peace and love. And toying the corporate life. face. <laughs> I man. love
2: Dude Love. It's a conf- like you say, it's a confusing character for this weird hippie to be working for the corporate side of things. Working, working for, for, for the man. man. I got, think it's hilarious. I think got it's got brilliant.
0: A, you've got this guy, a hippie, coming out to disco music and he's kind of doing like... He's doing a dance, but he's not dancing so much that it, you know it's a corporately acceptable yeah. level yeah. of dance.
2: Nothing offensive, just yeah. you know, within guidelines set by Vince McMahon.
0: They never they never specifically stated it on camera, but the kind of whole idea behind this story was that now that kind of Sean was gone, you know Vince wants his his champion to be kind of a certain image, and he didn't like the idea of Steve Austin drinking beer and being the champion. So, Dude Love, even though Foley's like you know half crippled and like he's a monster yeah. basically, mm. he wanted this kind of presentable. Yeah, family, you know, guys want to be him, girls want him. Yeah. It was this really perverse kind of you know by any means necessary you have to have this kind of guy, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah it was
3: cool, and I've I've always been a fan of Mick Foley, and I always will be. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Um, So I was happy to, you know, have some McFoley. It, it, no matter what capacity, no matter if he's a heel or a face, I'm always happy to have
0: Mick Foley in a match. And this is, of course, Mick Foley before the the major injuries catch up with him. Yeah. so he's yeah. still relatively spry. He's in good condition as well. And you know, I think they put on a really good match here. Um, you know, the, this is more about the story than the match itself. Yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, I haven't made many notes about the uh, the actual in ring match itself. It's more about about the story. You get Vince McMahon coming down and observing from ringside. And you have Jim Ross saying, you know, he's only done this one time before, folks, and that was Survivor Series 1997 when Bret Hart got screwed. There's this whole thing is that oh, is Vince gonna do it? Montreal again? So smart. Yeah. To uh, to capitalize on that. Playing thing. up on that fact. Because in here's the thing, Bret leaves right, and you think automatically the hottest thing in the world is gonna be oh man, WCW they've got Bret Hart. No one cared. They, they actually the the thing people are more focused on is Vince this man, Yeah. He made him even though Bret should have come out of that being like the most over guy and the biggest yeah. star. It was all about Vince now. It was one yeah. of the smartest so smart. things Vince McMahon ever did, I, well, I think, think. it's the smartest yeah. thing he's ever yeah. done. Incredible yeah. business By far. move. Um, they take a little share. Uh, uh, takes a little uh, cheap shot at, at uh, Bischoff because when Austin comes out, the crowd, like, that's a pop. It's a like. huge pop. Um, and they, uh, they, they leave it just so long. There's a, a couple of sort of like, Thirty seconds
3: of silence, just Dude Love standing in the ring, just waiting for the music, and he's you know putting up his ear, yeah, waiting yeah. for the music to his kick in. His half ear, <laughs> and then when the music actually kicks in, there's such a huge pop from from the
0: audience. So yeah, they're loving it. I love that. Just the glass breaks, and all of a sudden everyone yeah. stands up. Everyone goes That is no matter how bad the crowd is or how bad the pay per view is. It's the one consistent thing you will note every single time we do a podcast. As soon as Austin's music hits, yeah. everyone is standing up. There's, yeah. not, there's not a single person in the crowd who doesn't like Steve Austin. It's amazing. And uh, Jim Ross here takes this shot at WCW by saying, and they said a guy you know, with, with black boots and black tights couldn't get over and be popular with his Oh, fans. yeah. I thought it was really, really funny. Black
2: boots, black tights, black heart.
0: <laughs> and there's a couple of moments from uh, Joey Lawler.
3: At, at one point, Jim Ross uh, says that some of the uh, the fans are shaving their heads. Um, so sort of to emulate um austin, austin. and uh, J- jerry a- uh, asks if they are bald headed on the inside too good which duck. is one of the most confusing things i've ever heard free uh, and then at one point when um when uh, dude love uh, hits um austin he says there you go you corporate nightmare you <laughs>
0: corporate nightmare yeah he
3: says there you go you 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 corporate nightmare you <laughs> easy <laughs> run out of words there yeah almost. he just keeps uh, saying you good old yeah. jerry
0: i mean uh what i like about this as well is that Vince McMahon is clearly like not shying away from getting involved yeah um, the towards the end of the match we've got you know the chair comes into it ref gets knocked out they yeah. try to revive the ref this kind of plays into the storyline next month when vince is going to be the special referee in a rematch mm. cause yeah because the referee was you know incapacitated uh, you get Dude Love going for the big chair shot on Austin. Austin ducks and sweet mother of God, Vince McMahon takes it right on the scalp. Yeah. yeah. It's sick. I actually, I was really
2: shocked by that. I felt sure Vince would have his hand up or something at no, least. But good God, he, he took, took that it. chair. He took it for the team. Yeah. yeah. Big time.
0: Uh, I love when he fully runs as well with the chair on the ropes. Oh, yeah. the bounce back as well, <laughs> smacks right <laughs> yeah. in the face. Uh, we get the stunner. The ref is out, so Austin uh, just uh, picks up <laughs> referees himself. Referees himself. One, two, three. That is, uh, you know, that's how you do it. And that is the end of the match. Uh, it sets up the storyline. Obviously, next month, next night at yeah. Raw, Vince McMahon declares that the match in no contest yeah. because obviously Austin counting himself. And then himself. we
3: do uh, have four minutes. The remaining four minutes of the pay per view. So just, uh, weird. Vince being put on the gurney. Just well, then it was
0: chopper hurt, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I know, but is it not like a bit of a dark ending? Like you know, oh yeah, the good guy won, Stone Cold. Yeah, he goes Stone the, Cold, and the now the last it's... line
3: of the pay per view is Jim Ross going, "Good night, ladies and gentlemen." Yeah, now let's focus on <laughs> um, <laughs> the God old, God old Have mercy. I mean, just when it, just when it just cuts and it's like that's the
2: last line. Just... Old man getting put on a stretcher and getting taken away. It's really fucking dark. Very... I felt bad for this. It them. is
0: actually because we know that now we're kind of okay with this happening, but earlier on, like we noted, Vince isn't Satan yes. Exactly, he's only no. just
2: become a character, so he's yeah. still the proper Vince McMahon, and he's getting. Stretched out of the arena in silence. It's, it's you, really, the really kind weird. of
0: soft-spoken, you're like. I'm much smarter than you, Steve Austin, and he literally gets murdered later on. yeah, so. yeah that's what you get for having an opinion, you bastard. <laughs> it's
2: just weird. You'd think they would have cut the pay-per-view like to end with Stone Cold walking up the ramp or whatever, but you get this really weird, eerie sort of little four minutes of an old man getting taken to intensive well, care. Well,
0: that's very obviously then that one match went under when yeah. they cut yeah. something. Uh, Pardon me, I don't know. This is probably I have nothing to back this up, but maybe they uh, they they cut the Inferno match short because they were dying. I, uh, yeah. I yeah. wouldn't blame them. I mean, Not at all. overall, there you go. This is Unforgiven. It was the first pay per view after WrestleMania, as we said. The four Raws before this, I mean, they're absolute belters. I mean, if you look at like think about any of the best of Raw DVDs, every single uh, moment from the last four weeks, it's like every week Austin did something different. You know, and this is going to continue. The Raws are outshining the pay-per-views here, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts on this pay-per-view, guys. Uh, I'll ask you as well for your match of the night and your uh, pay-per-view
2: MVP. <laughs> um, Adam? Not great. Pay-per-view is real mixed bag. There was literally, I think, three matches I liked on the whole card. Mm. Um, I'd say my match of the night is going to have to be... I'd say triple H, Joe and Hart, actually. Um, I really, really enjoyed that match, just from... The, the wrestling was good. Um, it was absolutely batshit nuts. It yeah. Was spectacular, entertaining. I enjoyed uh, Kane and Undertaker and Stone Cold and Dude Love, but I think Triple H Undertaker... It- Sorry, Triple H and uh, Owen Hart just had the edge for me. I think they
0: had the edge because the crowd hadn't been thoroughly murdered at that point yet. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, if uh, so as if everyone else had done their part, so to speak, maybe though. Know. Done that job <laughs> right. Yeah, but again, think you know, I think we can blame a lot of the problems of this pay per view uh, on the on the crowd. So uh, what would you say your your MVP, or do you have?
2: <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's tough because I it's wasn't tough. really incredibly blown away by anyone here. Uh, I reckon maybe Delo Brown. Um, just for his head being like... I mean, no, honestly. What a reason. No, I mean, like, honestly. We're two episodes last, in Last already.
3: week, uh, last, uh, last show, the MVPs were, you know, for, like... I gave mine to uh, Shawn Michaels and you gave yours to Stone Cold Steve because you know they had such amazing moments with D'Lo Brown because he's got a shaky head, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I, <I'm> sorry, <laughs> we're, we're two episodes in and you've already made the MVP seem like the most frivolous. <laughs> 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 ah, whoever the fuck, I
0: don't know. Uh, I don't just know.
2: this one particular pay-per-view I wasn't really incredibly impressed by anyway. Oh, I'm going to go ahead yeah. and say MVP personally is actually Vince McMahon. Okay. Just for like seriously, yeah, just, I could see that because yeah. he's getting involved now and um, he took that chair shot like a boss and
0: for the genius of turning of Montreal yeah, on. yeah, because yeah.
2: he, he did all of this basically. This is his product, so
0: definitely, yeah. Billy Keeble, uh, the man who doesn't like the new age outlaws at all. Good <laughs> lord, <laughs> I, I'm I'd be one really one curious.
3: To I was like, people, people listening out, please like tweet at me at uh, Billy Keeble, tell, tell me I'm wrong and why. I'd be really interested to hear what people have to hear and
0: about. Billy,
2: me. Billy with a Y. K E A B L E. I'm sure the the
0: road dog will, will tell you something, but it'll probably be along the lines of, you know, Jesus Christ's uh, passion and <laughs> love or something like that. Yeah. So anyway, Billy, your overall thoughts then?
3: Um, it was an av- a pretty average, probably below average pay per view. Uh only probably two and a half matches I actually liked. Mm. I say half mm-hmm. because um I didn't like most of the Inferno match Mm. uh, but I'll enjoy some of the bigger spots Uh, for me the best match would have been Triple H versus uh, versus Owen Hart Mm. Uh, definitely hands down it was the best great match just for the the gimmick of China being in the cage in a cage, you know, I thought at first this is going to be really stupid. It was so absurd it was, so absurd. It was time, funny, like yeah. you know why have her out? If she keeps interrupting matches, but i I enjoyed it the whole the whole thing the whole match you know was just great. The one thing
0: I, I thought about that match was maybe that the only thing that made the gimmick even better is the third match. China is put in a cage 20 feet above the ring, but she's also handcuffed to Sergeant Slaughter, who's also in the cage. <laughs> in a separate cage next to her cage. In a powder-free arena. That's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, MVP then, Billy. MVP
3: is a difficult one. It is, um, isn't it? I think I'm going to give my uh, MVP to uh, Luna Goldus, Luna Vachon. Really? Yes. Um, purely because... Uh, Just for that
2: one promo, or...? Because the no, match no, itself just, wasn't... The, the,
3: the promo and, and in, in general, her, her work ethic. Yeah, I think she's true. got a really good... Oh, is it ethic.
2: like a Lifetime Achievement Award you're giving no, her? No, not like...
3: It, just because well, I've only seen two matches with her in. Mm. And so far, I've been really impressed with her, uh, her ability to have created this character and maintain it. She's the most and unique ha- diva ever, She's right the so most yeah. unique diva. So and, and, mm. and whenever I see a promo with her, or whenever I see her talk and just in rings she always is pulling a face. Uh, you know, yeah. A scary face. Uh, I always enjoy watching uh Luna Bichon. Damn Excellent. So
0: I'd say she's my MVP. Kevin. Awesome. Um overall yeah, I mean it's like it's it's a pretty dud pay-per-view really. I mean, I'd question them going to, you know, Greensboro, North Carolina. Why would you go there for a pay-per-view? I'll never know. Um yeah, it, it's kind of WrestleMania hangover to an extent that you know, we're trying to redo matches or start new storylines, so nothing's really got a lot of momentum. Mm. But overall, I thought the the pay per view was, was was a miss. Nothing really stood out. Any match that I liked had been done before better, or had been done better since. Yeah. Owen Hart and Triple H, I think you know it was a great match, but it had been done better before. Uh, Austin, Dude Love, I love that match, but it was done better at Over the Edge. Uh, inevitably, this pay per view, I think, it just goes down as you know that's the pay per view with the Inferno match on it. Yeah. Match. Uh, or you know that's the pay-per-view that introduced Match of the night, I suppose Steve Austin versus Do Love, you know, they overcame an incredibly bored and hot crowd. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first of all, they, they, they made the crowd so bored throughout the entire night, they gave them no reason to cheer, and then they made them uncomfortably warm. They cooked them. Remember last week when I said Steve Austin had to overcome you know, Mike Tyson and an injured uh, yeah. Shawn Michaels? Yeah, this week you've got a hot, cranky crowd. <laughs> yeah. The only way Steve Austin was going to get over in this match is if they all had a 20-minute timeout before the match started uh yeah that was my that was my 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 favorite match mvp i suppose i have to go with steve austin again you know (laughs) two weeks in a row overcoming adversity steve austin (laughs) nothing is going to stop this man from being on top so uh yeah there we go that's it that's uh unforgiven 1998 and next week we have uh well next episode we have over the edge over the edge uh which is steve austin versus Dude love once again but vince mcmahon in the tightest referee shirt which I believe uh Mick Foley said he bummed off an eight-year-old, <laughs> uh, is our main event in one of the true classics of the McMahon-Austin story. Really I'm really looking forward to that. The yeah. Roth versus Farouk as well. Looking forward oh, to that. Oh, there we go. Great there interest. We go. Yeah. Alrighty, well, we'll see you next time. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. It's at Podcast. All our episodes are up online on SoundCloud. You can now subscribe to us on iTunes. Yay! Yay! Yeah, literally search Attitude Era. We're the first thing that comes up.
2: First podcast. First
0: podcast. podcast.
2: Not the first thing that first
0: thing that comes up no it's first (laughs) podcast that comes up uh yes you can subscribe there all the episodes will come to you directly if you want to get in touch it's attitude era podcast at gmail.com we also have a facebook page we'll see you next time on the attitude era podcast bye everyone we're gonna rock out to the unforgiven song